June 29th, 2023. This one is called Blue Light Blues. So for today's wee tidbit, we're going to talk about the effects of blue light, which is a very pervasive fact or thing in this modern Zoggy Zog world. And we're also going to talk about some habits that could be sabotaging us, sabotaging our optimal living environment. So first, let's talk a little bit about blue light. And of course, many of us grew up with blue light if we grew up in a house that had a television, more colloquially known as a Talmud vision or a Zog box. But it's more than just that, especially these days. We have our mobile devices, we have our computers, we have our tablets, and younger and younger are people being exposed to these frequencies. We also have other people around us using these things, whether it's in our own house, whether we're on public transport, the food store. So it's everywhere. It's just kind of the way it is, especially if someone's in an urban environment, it's even more of a thing. And I think that people are less cognizant of it being deleterious when they're in an urban environment because that's an environment that really removes somebody from the roots of, of nature and a natural holistic life. So here are some facts on blue light, because of course it's one of these things that it does have somewhat of a use, of course. It's not something that should be totally villainized because we are able to communicate. I'm communicating right now to everyone utilizing a device that emits blue light. Granted, I'm standing here in nature. I have my screen turned all the way down. But there are some negative things, but there's also positive things. Technology is one of those funny things where there are benefits, of course, but there's also a dark side, and we have to figure out a way, being modern humans, to kind of, I guess, seek an equilibrium or a homeostatic state, knowing what we know going forward, because a lot of this information that we've gotten from these devices that emit this blue light and electromagnetic frequencies has enhanced our life. We've also been able to gain connections um, with individuals who we share camaraderie with, but there's also a lot of information out there which has done the exact opposite. So what is blue light, you might ask yourself? Oh, and also I should mention this, a while ago I did um, a larger tidbit called The Seduction of the Screen when I talked all about this. So if you want a more intense version of this, you can go back into the archives of the show and find that one. So what is blue light? Blue light naturally comes from the sun. However, this harmful light is also produced by digital devices such as phones and televisions, and even comes from unsuspecting sources like light bulbs. Now these days you can get light bulbs that actually do not have any blue light in them. They will just be a bit more money, but they are well worth it. Why is blue light bad? Not only does it leave you with headaches, dry eyes, and feeling tired, and it could also affect your blood sugar as well, and it also affects your melatonin production and in turn your sleep. So if you're looking at your device in the wee hours of the evening, especially after the sun is set, you're going to be fiddling with your melatonin production. On top of this, it also may have long-term effects on one's eyes, such things as macular degeneration. And we see more and more younger and younger people wearing corrective lenses. And of course, there's many reasons. I think there's also a liver component to that too. 
but all of this, of course, would affect our liver as, as well. So it's all kind of full circle information. How does blue light affect our sleep? Blue light impacts your sleep and wake cycle, also known as your circadian rhythm. More so than any other color, blue light disrupts your body's ability to prepare for sleep as it blocks a hormone called melatonin that makes you sleepy. And just supplementing with it is a band-aid idea, a band-aid thing to do. We really want to get to the root. I mean, even like I've said on the last one when I was talking about stuff, scientific miasma, if we're just going to take a supplement or a herb to kind of facilitate a reaction that we want in the body, that's the same way of going about things in the allopathic way of just taking a white pill to get the desired effects that we want. So we really have to re-examine our relationship with these things. So what does blue light do to the skin? Long-term exposure to blue light can damage your skin, including changes to its color, inflammation, and texture. This is because blue light changes the chemicals in our skin, which cause premature aging, known as photogenic aging, right? And we're always told all this stuff about the sun being the worst thing in the world. And of course, you know, getting too much sun exposure, there's a fine line, of course. But we're not really told a lot of this stuff about how when we just get this blue light frequency artificially through mobile devices, television, uh, lighting inside the house, how that can mess with our skin. And now you're seeing a lot of skincare companies come out with products that actually are touted as being a blue light protectant, like some of these tinted moisturizers and sunscreens and, and things like that. Of course, photogenic aging, when it comes from the sun or what we think is really that, it's because people have these toxic uh, lipids in their system and then they get what they think are sugar spots, but they used to be called, I think, liver spots. They're called glycation, which is, I think, somewhat uh, misdirected in that name. I believe it's a combination of uh, industrial seed oils, um, an overloading of iron and copper as well as an overloading of vitamin A. And we're seeing this a lot these days and they're, they're not uh, freckles. And then we have to think when we see this on the outside of the skin, what's going on on the inside of the skin within the organs? And then finally, what is a blue light filter? A blue light filter helps reduce strain on the eyes and also ensure our sleep cycles run smoothly. They come in various different forms, including software programs, things like Iris and Flux, many of you are probably familiar with those, and physical blue light filters like a screen protector, you know, for a tablet, a phone, TV, computer, and protective eyewear. Now, from what I understand, those um, programs that you can put on your devices are good, but when you actually use the physical screen protector or wear the glasses, you get an extra layer of protection. So I do use those filters, but I also use my uh, glasses, and I haven't gotten a screen protector yet, but I plan on um, getting one for my Talmud vision, which I don't watch too much of, but I'm also thinking why even turn it on? It's really just something that I use to watch more like indie movies or, or cooking programs. Sometimes even the cooking programs these days are insufferable. Um, I like to watch more of the vintage things, but anyway, I really think that the glasses are the way to go, and I wear the orange ones after sunset, and I also wear them in the morning when I first walk 
downstairs in case there's um, any light. I want the first light that catches my eye to be the light that's um, outside in my backyard. Uh, and I will also wear them like early on in the morning before I turn the lights on in the kitchen. If I'm going into my fridge, we've been thinking about replacing the bulb in the fridge because darn that thing is really, really light, um, really bright. And um, during the day, if I'm using a device, I also will wear blue blockers, but during that time, I will wear the ones that have the yellow tint, tint to them. The ones that are clear, I had a pair of those back in the day, but from the research I've done, those don't seem to do anything. So if you're looking to get a pair, I would recommend getting the ones that have a a yellow tint to them and I've noticed since I've been wearing them that when you turn the screen all the way down on your computer like to like the dark mode like the PM mode and you wear these uh, blue blocking AM glasses that have the yellow tint to them you actually are able to see more the way you would when you have the blue light all the way pumped up and then you're less likely to feel tired and have that eye fatigue and just feel sleepy or get like a blood sugar fluctuation so they really um, have merit um, I suggest anyone who's really serious about their health looking into getting some of those glasses and the recent pair that I procured I got from an Australian place called called blockbluelight.com. So if anyone's looking for a source, that's somewhere where I would recommend to get them. So a little bit about blue light. Yes, it is something that probably none of us are going to go 100% without its utilizations. So we have to find ways to be smart when we are going to use it, not mindlessly use our devices, and also find ways to balance out what we're doing. You know, spending time in nature, getting sun on our skin. When we do go outside, um, not wearing sunglasses, even not wearing corrective lenses, which I know might be hard for some people who have contacts or, or wear spectacles, but you need to get the light in your eye without something covering it, whether it's sunglasses, which of course trick you into thinking that it's p.m. when it's really a.m., so that's rather deleterious. And even when you're wearing contact lenses or spectacles, you have something covering your eyes. So you're actually not getting light into your eye and your eyesight will actually get better when you get light into your eye and when you clean up your liver. So those are things to think of. Some people actually do go lower down in their prescription or they stop wearing their corrective lenses altogether because they've cleaned up their liver game. So now, just a little list of nine things that could be hurting your health. I know sometimes I do these kind of things on the show where I mention more of the things that are harming us than the things we can do to negate them. But this is a list that mentions things that could be harming our health, but there are easy ways to tweak this. And we're a lot out there in the health and wellness space, community, group, subculture, whatever you want to call it, uh, is really just uh, walking off a cliff, especially when it comes to like the functional realm of health or the alternative or sometimes what they call the radical alternative. It kind of reminds me of a lot of the information in kind of like the alternative news network. Sometimes that information is actually worse than just the mainstream allopathic conventional, which is easier to see that that is a hoax and could harm our health psychologically, you know, spiritually, physically, mentally, sexually. But there is so much shitty information 
in the alternative health space. There are so many charlatans who are promoting so many things that are really harmful for people, shilling all types of supplements that damage the liver, promoting these very extreme diets that damage the liver, just a lot of crazy extremism, cutting out major food groups, telling people to overload on certain nutrients. And like any other industry out there, there has to be a certain percentage of individuals in those milieus, <coughs> excuse me, who are controlled. It just has to be that way. Everything has to be controlled so the information and the route to optimization can be controlled or stalled or basically never reached, right? So there's just so much out there. They make it seem like it's such a complex topic that you have to do these protocols for years and months and that you're supposed to feel terrible before you feel better. Maybe a little bit in the beginning if you're doing some detoxification, but you shouldn't feel terrible on end. You shouldn't be gaining a ton of weight like we see a lot of people in this pro-metabolic sphere have gained so much weight, like astounding amounts. Like I've seen some women in one of the private groups that I joined about three years ago, which I'm, I'm really not active in anymore because it's just women complaining about how horrible they feel, how overweight they feel, um, how messed up their blood sugar is, how messed up their sleep is, how shot their libido is, how messed up their skin is. But there are some women who have gained 60 pounds. You should not have to gain that much weight to heal your organs. That is criminal. And anyone telling anyone that is either on the dole or just completely and totally misdirected. So health is simple. Everything is actually simple. When you really think about it, when you really exfoliate and slough off all the zoggy miasma, everything is simple. It just gets to that point where it's difficult to discern what is real because there's so many talking heads, there's so much back and forth information. It's designed to confuse us. So here are some simple tips. These are pretty much free. That's another thing too. Health doesn't have to cost an exorbitant exorbitant amount of money. You know, all these supplements, $500 on supplements per month, all of these fancy blood tests, you know, all of these fancy things. It doesn't have to be that complicated. It can be simple, but when we're constantly being, you know, GPSed off a nutritional cliff and we're desperate for something to change, especially if we've felt, um, ill for a really long time, many of us will try anything to feel good, right? And oftentimes we get stuck in these things and we want to believe it's true. And then we see on someone's, you know, Instagram page that they had success. There's no way of knowing if that's true. There's no way of knowing if that's actually a real person. So use your own body and your own intuition as your guiding force on these things. I think that's really the best way to go about things and be careful about taking certain supplements and certain herbals because these things are strong especially with herbals remember that the pharmaceuticals that we have today are made from herbals so like they're strong we have to remember that right and our ancestors probably weren't utilizing these things all the time they were probably <coughs> pardon me using them in a very concise context. They didn't have the world that we have today with all the pollution, all the trauma, 
all the craziness, um, the traumatic birth, growing up on these horrible devitalized diets. So here are nine things that are hurting your health and um, maybe if you do less of this, you'll see some turnaround and it, like I said, it doesn't cost a lot of money, right? We're always told we have to buy all these programs and courses and you know, I've fallen prey to a lot of this. That's how I know a lot of this is um, a hoax. And I've had some, you know, things happen with like a health backpedaling because I've fallen for these things. And I'm sure you're listening to this. You're in the same boat. You've probably fallen for some of these things too. So here are some tips, things that could be harming your health. Number one, we just talked about this in the beginning of the tidbit, excessive blue light. Now, blue light, like I said, is pervasive. Let's find ways to mitigate it and let's spend time doing things like being in nature, getting actual sun on our body that can mitigate the blue light. Number two, putting your phone in your pocket. No, bad idea. Uh, now I'm seeing that they're promoting leggings for women that actually have a phone pocket. Bad idea. Or even worse, I see some women putting their phone on top of their bra, right near their breast. Terrible idea. You do not want to put your phone anywhere on your body, especially near your breasts or like your leg or your hip, which would be near your reproductive organs, whether you're a male or a female. A lot of guys will wear their phone around like that belt thing. Bad idea. Number three, eating out too much. And I know for a lot of people, this is a social thing, but uh, try cooking at home or try doing other social things outside the house. Take a walk with a friend. Um, lift weights with a friend. Do yoga with a friend. Uh, there are a lot of things you can do that are social that don't have to involve food. So think about that. When you go out to eat, be guaranteed that probably 95 plus percent of the time you're going to be consuming industrial seed oils. If you're eating the grains outside the house, they're going to be laced with glyphosate and iron filings. Uh, the meat is going to be from tortured animals from a concentrated animal feeding operation. The eggs are going to be, be from tortured animals. The fish is going to be toxic. Uh, it's uh, really something that you want to uh, minimize. I know a lot of people, they eat outside the house literally every day, which I just find to be mind-zoggling. And then they complain how they have no money for pastured meat or grass-fed meat. Number four, excessive cardio. Uh, this is a waste. I think that gentle cardio is the best. Taking hikes, uh, doing things like that that really strengthen us, that keep us rooted. And you're way better off spending time doing stretching, like doing yoga and um, lifting weights or doing weight-bearing exercises as opposed to just doing a ton of breathless cardio. This will not gain muscle, this will not maintain muscle, this will not increase bone density, um, this just really stresses us out. Number five, drinking too much coffee, also not good. Um, this can raise cortisol, this can raise adrenaline, especially if you're doing it first thing in the morning. Uh, then you're using it basically like a drug. Then it becomes like people who wake and bake and use marijuana when they first wake up, right? They're raising their cortisol. Um, they're raising their dopamine. If you're doing this, you have to look at your life and say, what am I dissatisfied with? What is making me unhappy? What is blocking my liver? What can I do to incre increase my uh, capacity for endogenous happiness?
That was one, two, three, four, five. Number six, not getting enough sun. And even if you live in an area that's not sunny, still go outside and get some light on your skin. I know not all of us live in an area where we can get a ton of sun, but there's always a way to get outside. Uh, let's see, number seven. Wearing sunglasses, we had talked about this on a couple of clips ago, and we talked about that in the beginning of this one. Not a good idea. It tricks your body into thinking that it's nighttime. I was just taking a little um, morning walk this morning on a local boardwalk, just sitting down by the water and just thinking about how amazing it is to be alive and what a gift it is to, to be alive and be able to breathe and have an able body and just, just all that great stuff. And I saw a human walking and it was still not really that light out. Now it's light and I'm standing here. I've got no eye protection on whatsoever. I'm just chilling. A couple of months ago, I wouldn't have been able to do this because I had been like a sunglasses hound for decades. But I saw this guy wearing sunglasses and I'm thinking like, oh my, like there he is out for a walk with his dog, but he's got these like super dark sunglasses on. So you've got to cut the sun habit. And if you're addicted to wearing sunglasses, there might be something going on with your liver. There'll be something going on with your minerals. Maybe your protein levels are not so great. So you got to think about, you know, breaking up with your sunglasses. Number eight, going to bed after 10 p.m. We need restorative sleep to reset our body. Uh, one of the worst things to do is to not just go to sleep late, but to spend time on a Kindle, our mobile, uh, watching the Talmud vision, uh, when we're supposed to be getting dark, you know, dark time, restorative sleep, REM sleep. This is all really important and also Take note that the habitual utilization of coffee and marijuana can actually inhibit REM sleep. That's why people who use a lot of weed typically don't dream. And when they come off of marijuana, the dreams are really intense. Sometimes they're violent because they've been suppressing that REM sleep. We need that sleep to repair our body on a deep cellular level. Even trying to be in bed by nine is, is nice. And it's also good to have a, a wind down routine. Drinking a cup of hot water, maybe watching the sun go down, um, soaking your feet in a magnesium bath, doing a little bit of body oiling, maybe some pranayam or um, meditation, reading a little bit in bed with your red light, you know, red light, book light. There are a lot of things we can do to kind of have like a chill downtime routine using your red light device. So these are all things that will help us and a lot of these things don't cost a lot of money. That's another thing, like I've said a few times through this, this tidbit, we're always told that we have to spend heaps of money. Like maybe some things are an investment, like buying a sauna, yeah, that was an investment, right? But I am so glad that I have one of those because now I have it in my house, I can use it anytime I want, and I can boost my detox status. But let's say I was spending money on low quality takeout every single day. Eventually that would tally up to be the price of a sauna. Personally, I'd rather have the sauna. And number nine, something we've mentioned so many times in the broadcast, but I'll reiterate it, not eating enough protein. Very important if we want our liver to be um, cleansed and be in a state where it's open to be cleansed, we need to eat enough protein. This is really important. And sometimes during certain times, we have to skim back a little bit on the fat uh, so we can really facilitate detoxification. And sometimes we have to prioritize different proteins than 
maybe some of the ones we've been eating. Like there's a lot of um, promo these days about ruminant, uh, red meat, four-legged meat, which has many nutrients in it. But if we're eating that every single day, we may be getting too much of certain things like iron, especially if we have a history of eating fortified foods like Wonder Bread and Ritz crackers and saltines and fortified pasta and cookies and cakes, you know, cereals. A lot of us grew up eating these things, right? So we have to think maybe it's better to, you know, kind of um, varietize our meats. Also, if you're someone who runs with a hot constitution, who tends to be more on the yang side, what the Ayurvedics would call the pitta dosha, maybe you also want to go a little bit leaner on the red meat. And seafood is good, of course, but sometimes that can be loaded with heavy metals. Even the wild stuff can have heavy metals. So we have to consider this. Like if we're just eating from one of these categories, and I know sometimes like, you know, it's trendy to be a pescatarian. I did that thing for a while back in my, my 20s um, because those are the first animal foods I really ever, you know, kind of came into relationship with was, was fish. Um, and then, of course, through like the pro-metabolic diets, everyone became afraid of, of eating things like poultry and um, the fatty fishes, which I still think a lot of the fatty fishes is, is not a good idea. Uh, but they were, you know, loading up on the red meat and loading up on the seafood and not really eating anything else, you know, because they were so afraid of the polyunsaturated fats that were in, in chicken. Which I think, as long as you're eating like lower fat um, chicken and turkey, and it's, you know, really well grown, like it's organic and it's pastured, I don't think spending time stressing about that is worthwhile. Something else I'm going to mention in a little kind of a sidecar here. I've talked a lot about polyunsaturated fats on the broadcast, uh, probably going back to about two or three years now. And yes, of course, seed oils are a modern thing. They're part of the industrial society. They're part of the industrial uh, food agenda, if you will. But I think oftentimes there's so much focus on that because they don't want you looking into things like iron overload. They don't want you looking into things like copper toxicity. They don't want you looking into things like vitamin A toxicity, right? So if you notice, a lot of the charlatans on YouTube are able to talk about seed oils ad nauseum, right? But they don't ever touch the other topics. That's because they're controlled and they're promoting an agenda. I'm not saying to go eat seed oils, but if you're constantly obsessing about you know, not eating certain meats because you're afraid of the polyunsaturate, uh, the PUFA content, which of course, if you take off a lot of the skin and you eat really good meat that's, you know, fed good ingredients, it, it really shouldn't be too problematic, especially if you want to get your liver clean, get your minerals legit, feel really good, not spend tons of money on all these, you know, shit for brains protocols that leave you broke and sometimes feeling worse. I suggest, you know, just kind of tuning out a lot of that noise. So seed oils, like I said, are obviously not good but there's too much racket that's just chatting about that on and on and on when there's so much more to this. And then they make it look like it's such a complex thing when it's really very simple once we pull back the curtain like an Oz, if you will. 
So, eat enough protein. Um, these days, I'm really liking lean chicken, and I just bought some lean turkey, actually, which I haven't eaten turkey in a really long time. Turkey is just usually a Thanksgiving thing for me, but I'm going to experiment with turkey because it's a really good source of protein, and I always realized that the thing I didn't like about turkey was the fat. The fat was always gross-tasting to me. Um, it's also high in tryptophan, I think. Well, turkey in general is, but I think the fat always makes me sleepy because I remember a while ago making this uh, bone broth with turkey feet and it made me so sleepy and I didn't want that you know I mean well, I want I want to be sleepy at nighttime sure and I am but not during the day so yeah think about protein think about the different proteins then they're promoting out there right because this is important you really want to get enough protein I think minimum 70 to 80 grams um, it really depends on your goals on your size but that's something that we should really consider and like I said think about varying your proteins uh, stop listening to all the racket and the noise on the antisocial media and remember that health is simple truth is simple awareness is simple uh, feeling good is simple it just takes tuning out all the Zio sludge so that's all for today on this little wee tidbit called Blue Light Blues. I hope that was easy listening for you. I'm going to get on with my walk now. It's a great day where I am. And um, that's all I have to say. Until we meet again, Satnam.